Welcome back to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. I'm Vincent A. Lancey. And I'm Josh Grinowitz. Whether you're already an entrepreneur, are looking to start your journey tomorrow, or just someone who needs a little extra motivation to get through the day, this is the perfect podcast for you. Each week, I interview a different entrepreneur from across the globe. I will continue to offer episodes in all industries to provide you with many different perspectives. You never know which motivational journey will inspire you most. Each guest will take you through their story and help you learn from their successes and lessons learned. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show five stars and continue listening by subscribing. My guest on the show today is someone who had heard the show, loved what they heard, and decided that they wanted to share their story to inspire others as well. A little over a decade ago, while working as a health commuter on a paradigm-changing project, Josh began to see story as critical to system change. He went back to grad school to study narrative formally while continuing to work professionally in public interest communication on a range of issues. He helps shape and share stories for social injustice, public safety, racial equality, health equity, universal health coverage, mental health advocacy, and so much more. Issues are messy, but narrative gives us the structure to reimagine what's possible and see solutions. Today's guest is now the founder, and as he puts it, chief narrative strategist of Odd Duck, which is a boutique storytelling for social change communication firm. They work with nonprofits, NGOs, social impact startups, and issue-based documentaries. Allow me to now introduce Josh Grenowitz. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Vince, thank you for having me. I feel like there should be a, a, a crowd just, ah, like, like that was such a good setup. I feel like I'm giving a speech or something. Yeah, well, I appreciate the kind words, Josh. Would you mind please introducing yourself to our listeners a little further, but without giving too much of that entrepreneurial journey away? Absolutely, Vince. Well, well you did a beautiful setup of my, uh, my elevator speech, so I don't feel like I, I have to go too much into that. Um, you know, I've really been doing the, the odd duck thing since 2018, but, you know, my background in the last uh, decade or so has been in health uh, communications and social change communications, which is really an outgrowth of public interest. Um, since 2018, I've been working primarily on uh, storytelling uh, for social impact and in the social impact space. Right now, we're doing a lot of stuff with violence prevention work um, and violence prevention organizations, uh, public safety work. Uh, a lot of work around COVID uh, as it relates to public health. One of the factoids that I, I heard, I don't know um, how verified this is, but uh, uh, before COVID hit, uh, public health departments, uh, you know, as far as like brand resonance or 68% or, 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 uh, of people didn't even know that they had a local public health department. They knew about, you know, the CDC, they knew about uh, the World Health Organization, but they didn't realize that in their own county, in their own cities, they had a public health department. That's 68%. So there's a lot of brand work that needs to be done there. Um, and then also in the uh, mental health space, uh, which, you know, we talked about before we jumped into the show, but, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of uh, depression that's, you know, uh, related to 
or in response to the social isolation or the dramatic uncertainty that comes with COVID. So uh, working on a campaign uh, related to that. And then two documentary films that I'm helping to push forward. One is uh, Beyond the Bridge, which uh, focuses on a solution to homelessness, uh, yeah, uh, dubbed uh, Housing First. And the other is uh, Breath of Life Dresden, which actually follows uh, an environmental landscape artist, uh, Stuart Williams, who traveled to Germany during the uh, 70th anniversary of the Dresden bombings to do uh, a living sculpture there um, with, with lights, uh, which is pretty compelling. So uh, we're working on getting funding for both of those uh, uh, right now, yeah. That's awesome, so you have your hands, Phil. What led you to the documentary scene? I, I just see that as such an effective way to make impact uh, and advance social issues. Uh, people, you know, it's, it's part and parcel of uh, Odd Duck's mission of what we do. People resonate with, with narrative when they see somebody going through transformation or they see what it's like or what's possible when an issue is actually changed. Uh, they gravitate to that. And I, I, I've seen firsthand the impact of documentary film on doing overall system change. So. Well, I'm personally excited to see all that. I think you hit it on the head there, especially with COVID. A lot of Netflixers, a lot of Huluers, just documentary, documentary, documentary. So that made an effective platform to reach that audience. But I think it would be a great time to now enter the big five. You certainly have me excited. On each episode, <laughs> my guest and I will go over these five questions to help you, the listeners, learn what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. You ready to go? Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like I'm on a game show. <laughs> what do I win, Vince? What do I win? <laughs> well, the enthusiasm is certainly going to be appreciated by everybody listening on because your stories and experiences are going to resonate and advance their entrepreneurial careers. But when did you realize that you either weren't happy with what you were doing or you just needed some kind of change to truly start this entrepreneurial journey? Please share your story. Yeah, right on. Um, so I would say, first of all, I've probably always been wired this way, if I'm completely honest with myself. But uh, for me, it actually goes back to being 14, 15, seeing my dad laid off, uh, the impact that had on the family, you know, uh, living off of, uh, you know, the, the charity and, and uh, you know, food pantries and, and so on. And, and, you know, he was, he was laid off for a couple of years. That was a difficult struggle for us um, and for the family. So that's, that's when I made the decision. I sort of wanted that autonomy, that agency uh, uh, to work for myself. Um, uh, you know, it took a while to get there. It took a lot of traction. I'm definitely not 14 anymore. I'm not even 15. Um, so it took a while to kind of get going. And I've been doing uh, a lot of odd duck stuff or odd duck related stuff and freelance stuff as uh, uh, you know, a side hustle for a while. Um, but I always feel like I've sort of worked for myself um, throughout all of that. Yeah, usually before you actually launch the business, it's a ton of prereqs that you could have started earlier. People telling you, why aren't you starting? Why aren't you starting? When was it about where you started really finalizing thoughts for Odd Duck? What year was that towards the end of your corporate career? Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I would say, I would say uh, uh, formally it was 2018, really. Yeah. Um, but even going back to like, you know, the job that I had right before that was working probably 2015, 2016, I was working 
um, at a university, uh, and it was working both with a, a neuroscience um, center on depression and resilience. Uh, so that had a, a it was a cross interdisciplinary center, and then a, a center called the Institute for Juvenile Research that was focused on um, psychology and psychiatry for youth and adolescents. And so there, you know, there were there were something like twenty five centers um, and research areas in between those two, and I was really kind of an in house consultant there. So I bounced around to different projects and different initiatives, helped launch several different campaigns and branding stuff. So all of that experience really was like, oh, I, there is something here. I can do this. Um, you know, at the time I was actually in a mastermind uh, with um, some folks that were actually mentors of mine earlier who are now doing uh, consulting and they really helped kind of give me my footing. I've been very fortunate to have some fantastic mentors who help, have helped pave the way for me as well. It's a great point to bring up right now. I am huge on mentors. It comes up on a lot of episodes where you can't do everything yourself. You need someone in your corner not to tell you what you want to hear, what you need to hear, someone with a little more experience who's been through these roadblocks that you've been on because they were in that industry. Relevant mentors are always very, very important. But Josh, since you made that leap a little before 2018, finally official in 2018, what would you say one or two of the most difficult parts of being an entrepreneur are for you? Well, I, I, well, I feel like all of us are kind of experiencing this now working from home in this like COVID period. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say the first of all, the, the, the basic thing that it's all on you, right? So I don't, you know, you don't have an IT department to, to complain to when your when your connections down, you don't have an HR department or an accounts payable or accounts receivable or, or anything. It's you're, you're your own infrastructure. Um, and you have to build out your team according to your strengths and weaknesses. So I'd say that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, the other thing is, you know, if the boss is a jerk, you can't really fire them because that's you, man. <laughs> you know? So, so that's, I mean, that's a, a hard thing, but like seriously, when you're, when you're not getting traction or something's not going right, or you're encountering more obstacles and challenges than you are successes, you know, it, it really is, it boils down to, you can't scapegoat anybody. You can't point to, oh, well, this person in this department over here is, is not getting me what I want. You have to look very critically at yourself and be like, you know what? Um, what I'm doing isn't working. I need to mix it up a little bit. Uh, and so that, that I would say those two things um, uh, are probably one of the, 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 some of the biggest challenges that I've encountered. Yeah, for sure. Nothing lasts forever. The world's constantly changing. So you have to constantly pivot. For me as a speaker, now we're trying to pivot into zooming in conferences and yeah. building these books to be able to do that. But a good piece of advice you could probably give our listeners here is you brought up finding the right talent, not just any talent. What are some techniques you use to really find just the right pieces to the puzzle? So we're, we're kind of unique in the sense that we're an we're, uh, uh, agency of creatives, but we're focused on social impact, right? Um, so it's, it's the, that's the, the first or the most definitive Venn diagram. You know, somebody who fits in both of those niches, who has a creative soul, like a poet's soul, um, but also who, who, you know, is passionate and enthusiastic about the work. And it doesn't matter, you know, what works specifically. Obviously, I duck works around uh, or across a lot of sectors and domains, um, but really just, you know, wants to actually facilitate some sort of change. I love it. I love the advice. That's definitely going to help the people listening on. But looking back here across your life here, Josh, what is one of your greatest failures or lessons learned and what did it teach you? Why is it still stuck with you all the way up until today? 
Right on, right on. Well, <laughs> there's so many. Is this uh, if if we had two hours, I <laughs> I could really bore you and your listeners. But um, what what I'll say, I, I, this actually is a good. Um, outgrowth of that last question um, you asked, because I would say, you know, when I first made kind of the the foray to do freelance, to go out on my own, hooked up with a buddy of mine from high school um, who, you know, I had grown up with, and we both tried to kind of get something going. He had a photography studio. I was doing the freelance writing and stuff. And and we didn't pick our team well. We didn't pick our our approach well. We didn't look at like what kind of um, audiences and what kind of you know, ideal clients we were focused on. And so we were kind of, and these are, these are common like uh, rookie mistakes, right? But we were, we were trying to, you know, market ourselves to everybody and anybody, which really that translates to at the end of the day, marketing yourself to no one. Um, if you're just putting yourself out there, then no one's listening because you're adding to the noise. Um, and then the other thing was just the the team that we had built around us. Everybody had their own agenda and their own focus and and where they were going with things. And you know, uh, uh, it was it was difficult to get alignment on any one project, let alone on the growth of the 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 org- organization or the agency that we we're trying to to start at that time. I feel like you know that period really informed sort of all of the thinking and the architecture that went into Odd Duck. So it was like, I, I was far more selective and, and you know, uh, uh, far more strategic about who I was reaching out to, how I was reaching out to them, the audiences that I, I the audience that I wanted to build and the team that I, I wanted to surround myself with. You made a ton of good points there. Rookie mistakes. Unfortunately, with entrepreneurship, there is no set volume of textbooks. It is, you go out there, tweak it a little bit, you do it again, you do it again, you do it again, and eventually you learn. But another great point was company culture you brought up. Company culture is everything. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, and, and for the listeners as well, the first thing that we did before anything else was sit down and write out kind of what the values were. And one of the number one values was to do cool shit with cool people. Um, you know, and, and so that it was like, as a baseline, that was the main thing. You just had to be cool and you had to want to do cool shit. Um, obviously it's a little more sophisticated than that when you get into the weeds, but you know, that, that was really like that kind of thinking was really what helped kind of inform our overall direction. Well, I love it. And I could tell you're a big thinker, big learner, which is helping you progress your company. If you could choose to have a conversation and learn from any entrepreneur, dead or alive, to do some thinking, Josh, who would it be? I love this question. I've loved when you've asked guests before and how they've answered. I'm going to cheat a little bit, Vince, and I'm going to uh, assemble my living and dead uh, mind mind. Uh, 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 mastermind group, okay. if that's okay. Yeah, um, I would say, uh, and all of these folks, the the common thread between them, they occupy a space in the creative world and they occupy a space in the business world. Okay. Uh, so uh, the first one, Anthony Bourdain, um, rest his soul, but just just a genius, um, a hustler, a, a, just a. a, a true humanitarian, really connected with people, but also, and a lot of people don't know this, you know, he had a great cinematic mind. So every one of those episodes was informed or built around a a filmmaker that he really liked and appreciated, that his team liked and appreciated. Hmm. And so when they were traveling around, they would choose what stylistically they wanted each episode to to look like and to build with. But even going back, isn't it awesome? Isn't it awesome? He talks about that and he's he's talked about that in some of his, his 
interviews and stuff. Uh, but even going back, you know, um, when he was first starting out and he was still a chef and being sent to Japan to like learn about cuisine there and, and meet up with uh, restauranteurs there, he brought with him uh, uh, one of the hard-boiled detective novels that he wrote. And he was doing a book promotion what, like uh, on his off hours when he wasn't, uh, when he wasn't cooking in the kitchen. Hustling, or, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just that constant, like that entrepreneurial spirit for sure. Um, Werner Herzog, I don't know if you've heard of him. Most people recognize him as like the villain from the Star Wars Man- Mandalorian uh, okay. show. Um, or uh, uh, Jack Reacher. If you've seen okay. Jack Reacher, he's opposite uh, Tom Cruise. But this is a guy who was a filmmaker who spent the last 50 years making 70 films. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know many people who are that prolific. Half of them yeah. documentaries, half of them fiction films, and really building it out. But here's the, the kicker and what makes him entrepreneurial is he built like his own kind of production studio around that when he was like around in, in his early 20s because nobody would take him seriously as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He wasn't getting any traction. He wasn't being able to show his stuff. So he's like, you know what? Forget about it. I'm going to do it myself. And he and his brother threw in, built a production studio, and then he just started churning out his own films through that. And then Ryan Holiday, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, um, but you know, he, he was sort of the, the canary in the coal mine on a lot of the, the fake news stuff way back in like 2007 or 2010. Okay. He had written a book called uh, um, Trust Me, I'm, I'm, I'm the Media or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Um, but uh, you know, it, he's, now he's doing like a stoic, a stoic thing. Okay. So he's, he's got like a kind of revitalizing those philosophies. But he's also, you know, he's, he's got his own agency when he's not writing. He's helping promote other authors um, and building out stuff like that. So if I could have those three just as my mastermind, that would be it. That would be on lock. I, I feel like I would be set up for life. <laughs> well, since you're a listener of the show already, you should know what's coming next. If you had to pick the location for one of these meets, where would it be? Oh, well, I, uh, Anthony Bourdain, I'd want to, I think he, he was always fond of Asia. So somewhere in um, uh, Southeast Asia or somewhere where he was comfortable with. And ideally, I would love to do it in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I'd say uh, Werner Herzog. Um, you know, uh, he's originally from, uh, from, from Germany. So any, anywhere that he was filming, though, he's one of the few filmmakers who's actually actually shot something on seven, all seven continents. Wow. Uh, so I would pretty much, I, Antarctica would be a badass place to meet up with him. That's actually. right. That's, that's where I would want to go. And then uh, uh, Ryan Holiday actually uh, lives and works on a farm. So I guess on his farm would be pretty badass. That would be great. And you learn a lot to propel your career from all of those individuals. But let's look into the future here, Josh. We're going to look one year and five years out. Where do you see yourself and all of your entrepreneurial endeavors one year from today? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I'd say one year. I mean, I have my financial goals, right? I have my, uh, uh, my professional development goals. But I'd really say like one year, um, I, wh- what I'd like to meet, what I'd like to build out is, is working, having one foundation under my belt. Um, so working specifically or, or having a contract with the foundation, um, uh, one international client. Um, I've worked uh, in, t- in the international space before, but having having a, a, a contract with an international NGO would be pretty sweet. Um, that's, that's what I would say for, for one year. That'd be great. Well, let's look a little deeper now. Five years. What are we seeing from you in five years? I'm sure you have a lot going to go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, five years. Um, I, I think the, the big thing, I want to I wanna grow my team even bigger. Um, I don't want to be 
too ambitious, so I'm, I'm not going to set numbers to that. Um, but I just want to keep like, you know, being, being that lightning rod and just drawing that creative energy to me um, and those creative souls to me and, and, and working together, collaborating, doing cool shit in the world. Um, but I, I, I'd also say I, I'd like to start positioning the organization more to be 50% client work, 50% uh, documentary film work, um, and really kind of moving in that general direction. What is the ideal company size that you hope to grow to? Woo, that is a great question. I know um, you're mentioning building your team a lot throughout yeah, this episode, seeing where yeah. you are in five years. Yeah, um, I, I mean, you know, I, I really, I, I think, you know, uh, staying lean helps to kind of like adapt. So after, after that growth in five years, I'm really thinking probably around, you know, I, I would never want to go over like, like, you know, I'm saying this, but then like, you know, let's check in in five years. But I, I don't think I would want to go over like, like 20 people. Okay. Um, to me, to- and yeah. I, I think, I think you're, 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 this is resonating with you, but to me, what's most important is those personal connections. I have to vibe with somebody, especially if they're on my team, especially if I'm checking in on Zoom with them on a day-to-day or I'm, you know, texting or emailing day to day, I have to vibe with them. And so when, when you get to the, that higher end and you're going beyond 20, like it's, it's just hard to, to know everything that's going on in that many people's lives at one time. <laughs> well, yeah, the more variables that you have going on and people are variables as they are employees, it's more to manage and tougher to keep your goals aligned. And I think it is a great time for the spotlight story. On each episode, I share an entrepreneurial journey to inspire our listeners, and I would love to hear your take on it. Since we have an entrepreneur on the show today who is doing his part to change the world, I will now introduce the story of another entrepreneur who is doing the same in Adam Braun, the CEO and founder of Pencils of Promise. Adam had developed a revolutionary for-purpose approach that his passion for change with an extensive investment prowess. This combination ensures that Pencils of Promise, his educational nonprofit, holds true to its guarantee of 100% of donations will be used to their maximum level of efficiency. Like many entrepreneurs, Adam believed in his vision and quit a well-paying financial job with Bain & Company to work full-time in the nonprofit sector. This is where he created another organization in Mission U. Mission U offers free, pre-professional one-year college alternatives. His efforts have led to several accolades, including a New York Times bestselling memoir in The Promise of a Pencil, How an Ordinary Person Can Create Extraordinary Change, Spots on the Forbes 30 Under 30, Business Insider 40 Under 40, and the Wired Smart List of People Changing the World lists, as well as one of the first World Economic Forum Global Shapers. Josh, what do you like best about this story? Well, I... I um, I, I love the fact that you shared his story. Um, I mean, I'm familiar with his work and I'm familiar with, uh, the memoir and, and everything. So I, I, it's, that definitely resonates with me, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head, um, in your lead into it. For me, it's, it's, it's making it purpose-driven work. It's putting that, that purpose, that focus, uh, that, that aspect of it just at the centerpiece of, of what you're doing. Um, and so that, that to me, that's what resonated most. Uh, is just the fact that that's the core of, of his entire business model. Well, yeah, whatever your core is, you have to stick with it as long as it's a solid core and you follow the foundation, the company culture we spoke about, bringing the right people in. 
you can make that a success. But Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know our listeners are going to see all the value you brought on. I love how you started the show from your childhood memories, that moment of what took you to be an entrepreneur. You wanted that self that self-control, I could say, of your destiny and through your hard work, you will have no problem with that, I'm sure. I also loved how you had for your lessons learned, you've included writing down your values with new hires now. Everybody's on the same page and that is essential to what seems to be a very big theme here of company culture. And Josh, I think it's a great time to get into the last word. And I also do this on my other podcast series, A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancey too, because I want the listeners to really get to know my guests. Is there something you would like to share with everybody listening on that we did not get to touch on yet today? Well, first of all, it's cool because I am a listener and a guest, so it works yes. that you are. <laughs> um, but the, I, I think the main thing, um, you know, because this is my jam, this is, uh, this, is, this is my purpose, is, you know, just to, to you know, the importance of narrative to everything. Um, so the importance of stories, the importance of owning our own story. Um, and, and subscribing to our own story and the importance of story overall to helping shape outcomes um, in the world that we want to see. That's, that's how we're going to reach it. That's how we're going to get beyond kind of the, the tunnel vision um, and the lack of imagination uh, in finding solutions is by really thinking broadly. Um, and, and story is the way to get there. Would you mind please sharing your professional social media website or ways for listeners to follow these stories, all your endeavors, request your services? Sure, sure. Um, I would say uh, oddduck.io is the best way to, to find me. I've got one of those uh, coveted fancy IO sites. Um, and, and that's the best way to find me. Um, and that's, that's, uh, you can email me from there. You can sign up for my newsletter, um, all of the above. Uh, I'd love to hear from, from your listeners. And, you know, and I think this is a beginning of an ongoing conversation between you and I as well. Um, I'm, I'm excited to to keep things moving forward and, and totally excited for what you do. I appreciate the kind words and I am looking forward to making a difference with you again in the future. And now it is social media time for the show and we are on whichever platform you like to use. We're at what it's really like to be an entrepreneur on LinkedIn at your favorite morning podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And we're at podcasts by Lancey on Twitter. So you get updates from this show and a mental health break with Vincent A. Lancey. Of course, my handles are at Vincent A. Lancey for all social media and YouTube. And my website is vincentalancy.com. If you check out my books, DM me. I would love to hear from you all. We have Left for Dead, a story of redemption, and how to transform your mindset when the norm has changed. Both are on Amazon now. As always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. And this one is from Adam Braun, the entrepreneur from today's Spotlight story. He said, it's the presence of others who are smarter, kinder, wiser, and different from you that enables you to evolve. Those are the people to surround yourself with at all times. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all on the next episode of What It's Really Like to Be an Entrepreneur.